Hello, Billy Collins here, and welcome to another episode of Even Baddies Wear Helmets, the podcast all about kids' TV and the wonderful people who make it. Now, I played my fair share of video games as a kid. You know, we went through all sorts. We had Pikmin on the GameCube, Mario Kart, Crash Bandicoot, Nintendogs, Spyro. We even had an iToy at one point. Did you ever have an iToy? Video games were great because they let me roam weird worlds and be whoever I wanted. They were all about problem solving, and they were one of the few things that my brother and I could agree on. And in today's episode, we're talking about a new CBBC comedy drama that puts gaming front and centre. I'm delighted this week to be joined by the brilliant Teresa Varga, director of Lagging. The show follows a group of video game obsessed mates, Sol, Leah, Cedric, Moe and Ray, as they navigate fantasy worlds online and the mess of growing up IRL. It's a really funny and heartwarming show, so please do check it out. I love Teresa's work because it has a distinctive, bold, colourful visual style. She's previously directed Secret Life of Boys, remember we interviewed Anthony Q. Farrell last series? She's also worked on Hetty Feather, a brilliant Channel 4 short called Diary of My Broken Vagina, and she's currently developing a new sitcom with Nathan Bryan. In this episode, we talk moving from short film to TV, we talk about directing young actors and honing your craft. So if you're ready, player one, let's get gaming. Teresa. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I've got a glass of orange squash, so I'm just flying, to be honest, on cloud nine. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? Yeah, good. Uh, I've got a, uh, we bought a soda stream recently, so I've got some um, tap water that I made fizzy. Honestly, it's like a revelation. Oh, absolute magic. Well, we're here to talk about uh, your work as a director and specifically on lagging, which we'll, we'll get to a bit later. Um, mm. But I, I thought we'll start like right at the start and ask has directing always been the thing for you how did you how did you get started so I hadn't always wanted to direct I didn't even know this was like a thing or possible or like you know I guess because I'm from Doncaster and like grown up it's like you know you, you, there's no film world around you at all um I guess I've always been kind of like creative and want like visually wanted to you know make things and you know so it, it was a lot of exploring through like photography textiles I guess around 2010 I was in um I was going to university at London College of Fashion doing fashion journalism uh and then I decided halfway through that it wasn't quite for me the course split off into two parts so you could either do broadcast or you do kind of papers and magazines and stuff. Um, and I went down the broadcast route and I really fell in love with editing. And that was kind of my introduction into filmmaking. I was going to leave university halfway through and go to film school to start another degree. And everyone's like, you're crazy. I'm like, I'm not. I don't. <laughs> I feel like there's something there. So I went to Ravensbourne University to do a fast track in film production. And then from there, we're just like making short films and, you know, it was really, it was good in the sense of like, I met so many amazing creatives. The the equipment was there just to make things at the weekend. Like you could really just kind of like dig into kind of what stories you wanted to tell and by what route you wanted to go with filmmaking. 
And then I, so I thought my route at first was editing and I, you know, I edited a lot of like comedy videos on YouTube and other people's short films. And then I started to think, actually, I see this world visually, I don't know, like, like my my mind was like racing with ideas and I was like I really want to get into the more visual side of uh kind of the whole process so I was like you know directing felt like the the natural route for me from that point amazing that's it's actually cool to hear you talk about starting out in fashion we actually recorded another episode the other day with someone else who who started in fashion and then moved into um more kind of production and stuff from there and I think it it makes sense in a way when I when I think about your work and I sort of came to to your work through short films initially like Boss Man and stuff like that oh. that have this real kind of just they're so fun to look at like they're so kind of bright <laughs> and bold and there's a real um kind of attention to detail in terms of framing and symmetry and things like that can you can you just tell me a little bit about how you developed that that aesthetic or, or why that sort of style was the thing that appealed to you yeah I think um I think a lot of portrayal in film, particularly like England and the UK and the North in particular, can be portrayed as quite mm. dull and like gritty and dark, which definitely like I love films, you know, that that go down that route and stuff. I'm not saying, you know, don't do that. But mm. I, for me, I was just like, you know, what would that world look like in colour and just like really vibrant colours? And I think... Um, so I write a lot with my partner Nathan Bryan and we kind of go down I guess we're just a, a bit more of a wacky route and it's just we we find these characters that are quite loud and you know in your face and you know just very character-led pieces I, I, I would say and I, I just always want the, um, the kind of the set design the costumes and stuff to really emphasize who the character is and where they are mm. at that point in time and life and and what journey they're on and I really think colour plays a big part in that and how you can you know describe where a character is at a certain time through colour I I just yeah I think it's a really interesting concept to look into and just like play around with. That's wicked like the the sort of the world and the aesthetic has to rise to the boldness of the character if you have someone who is so kind of um as you say, sort of like heightened, but also completely off of the world and, and the people that we know, the world kind of has to, to sort of rise to them. That's really lovely. Um, and, and where do you look for for visual inspiration then? Is it, do you kind of go beyond film? Because as you say, like there's a lot of, there is that kind of established like grim up north kind of yeah. canon of stuff. So if, if, it, if it's not film, where, where are you looking for that kind of visual inspiration? I guess it's just everyday life. Like, I just feel like you see it everywhere. You know, the people you see on the streets, like, you know, people watching is such a big one. Film, definitely watching other films. So, you know, like, uh, Wes Anderson, obviously, is a massive inspiration. Um, Jean-Pierre, who does, uh, I think he directed Delicatessen. I think that's how you say his name. I'm really bad at name pronunciation. Um, And... And I guess also, yeah, I guess fashion must have played a part in it because it was such my, it, it was my life for like, you know, I, going from sixth form where I did textiles and making things and I just got sucked into this like creative fashion world and I love like, you know, clothes and what they can, you know, the story they can tell and I definitely wanted to carry that on into my film world, I guess. Absolutely, like character is so much more than what is just on the page. I think that's a really lovely kind of 
thing to to take away. Um, but the, the the aesthetic of your work as well, it seems to really lend itself to to children's content as well as I mean all of the wonderful adult work you've done as well. But I think it's a it's a question that we tend to ask everyone who comes on the podcast. But I think it's because I'm always interested to know um, were were you actively interested in making work for children or did someone kind of make that match between this kind of bold colorful exciting visual world that 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 you were kind of working in and basically the kids audiences does that make sense if I ramble yeah no that that does make sense so I was um working on a short film called clean as you like which was very heightened and very you know it, it does have that kind of kids tv essence to it and I was working with an editor called Emma Collins and she um introduced me to a producer called Trevor Klein who was working on a children's show called Secret Life of Boys. Uh, So Trevor and Stephen um, Andrews who was the exec producer they they had like an opening for one of their blocks uh, for a director to um, yeah to direct three of their episodes and they met me and they watched some of my work and they really felt like my work visually fitted their show which was really amazing to hear and it was definitely like you know I think at the time even like the thought of tv was such a dream and it's like going from short to tv it just everything just feels like a world away and then when it happens you're just like oh it it was closer than I thought I just didn't know what route it was going to be into Mm. it so it was really nice to have the support from Emma, Trevor and Stephen to really push me into that step into the TV world. So I think because it, it it felt like a dream, it was like, you know, it never, I was never like, this is the route, you know, kids TV is where I want to go or, you know, I have to do this. For me, it was just make, telling stories, making films and, you know, really like, you know, concentrating on my directing and just seeing where that would take me. And I think, you know, the... The process is the same, whether you're doing kids TV or, you know, adult comedy, you know, feature films, while some might be more, you know, I guess, uh, you know, more money, more budget, more sophisticated in ways, it's still this storytelling. So I, I think I just aspired to make, to tell stories and then hoping that would take me somewhere. And then that kind of led me into children's TV, which was really nice. Recently directed um, Dan Belinka's new comedy drama, Lagging, for CBBC. Um, can you just tell us a bit about what the show is about and, and how you got brought onto that project? Yeah, so um, Lagging is about five gamer friends who are, they're young, they're a little bit nerdy in ways, in the positive way, like I say that with the most positive um, mm-hmm. Thoughts. and then it, and their kind of like their will their mischief their kind of relationships it, that's what the piece is about it's about their friendship and kind of the world they live in and gaming is kind of a part of that and how I got into it so I so my agent Laura at Berlin she got me a meeting with Gert Thomas who's the producer and um I did a little pitch for it and then they they met me again. So uh, it was Gert and Connell Orton, who's the exec producer. And 
yeah they must have liked what I had to say about it because uh, they gave me five episodes to direct which was really nice um so Julian Kemp was the lead director and he basically set up the style for the show and then I uh came along and then had to kind of um adhere to what the show was doing but then also bring my own voice in as well so yeah it was a really amazing project to be a part of um, but it was really nice to just, yeah, to, to be involved in this comedy about friendship. And I think, you know, it's it really has so, so much heart at the core of it. It really does. It really It's so, I've been working my way through and it's just absolutely, the, you know, when you just watch something and you're grinning, like the whole kind of time. It's so sweet. Um, I mean, so as you say, like, it's, it's very much about friendship and it's about those relationships, but then obviously gaming is, is a big part of it. But before you came onto the series, did did you have much gaming experience yourself? Were you a gamer? Are you a gamer? Um, no, and no, I I don't game. <laughs> I don't know about gaming, um, which I think in a way helped uh, mm. at times when I was reading the scripts, because I'm like, well, what does this mean? What, what, what? what happens there do you know what I mean because I'm reading it as if I'm the audience and not everyone in the audience is going to be a gamer and because it is a show about friendship it has to that has to be the core of it and the gaming isn't the thing that you know drives it um and I definitely learned a lot about gaming (laughs) during that time (laughs) like uh like a kill death ratio and stuff which I just yeah (laughs) no idea before about and you know the kids say I mean I think Yoni, who plays Soul, he's he's a gamer anyway, so he's uh, they they were definitely more clued up on it than me. But so yeah, it was it was a learning it was a learning experience. Wicked, um, and as well, it has. I mean, as so much of the comedy is in the script, but also that that cast are just wonderful, and um, they're also. I mean, the kind of comic performances that we get in this show. I have a real soft spot for Ray in particular. Anything that comes out of that boy's mouth is. <laughs> genius and lovely um so each character is, is so well drawn I wonder what kind of advice do you have for for getting particularly strong like comic performances out of young actors is that difficult or is it just a joy <laughs> um I think I think you know it it depends on the scene it depends on the time but most of the time it's a joy I mean the the kids were incredible at what they brought to the scripts like they are just naturally funny people and they naturally brought charisma and their own quirks and their own personality into the characters which was really nice to see um and yeah I I yeah I think it's just for me it's it's you know trusting each other it's 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 like working with any actor it's you know a collaboration and you've got to work out where you want those characters to go how far you want to push them you know you know if it takes a discussion before the scene of where the character is at that time or what they're feeling that it's just working that out together and really collaborating on those characters um which the kids were really open to do and they really wanted to push themselves and a a big one I do push is facial expressions I think Mm. you can tell a lot by you know just cut away to you know one of the other characters and how they're feeling they might even be talking at the time on the scenes focused on them but it's it's good to keep them listening and keep them involved in the scene and and it's not dropping the character you know keeping Mm. it going (laughs) absolutely were you were you involved much in in the audition process for this or uh, so not for the main cast, but for like our guest cast that we had on. Uh, so I did five episodes and for example, Claire in Hotspot, 
uh, I was part of that casting process. You were working sort of during lockdown, right? So were these auditions happening in person or over Zoom or? Zoom, Zoom, yeah. I think, where was, I was in Ireland actually doing the final series of Secret Life of Boys when uh, this was also going on. So it was, um, yeah, it was Zoom. I was going to say, I suppose it's hard to get like, I mean, to be funny in an audition is one thing, but to be funny over, <laughs> over Zoom is another thing entirely. Do you have any tips for kind of, um, new directors for, for making actors and, and particularly, I suppose, young actors feel um, comfortable in auditions and maybe especially in slightly strange circumstances? Um, for me, I mean, maybe not everyone will say this, but for me, it's not knowing the script off by heart or like, you know, word for word perfect. It's It's about the character you're wanting to put forward for like digging in deeper and like what what quirks and interesting aspects are you going to bring to you know bring that character alive I think that goes for any you know any actor at any age it's just you know having fun with the character and I I do think it helps to be off book and I say that not knowing not 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 in the sense of knowing it word for word just like don't be looking down at a piece of paper you you need to be open and you know you could even stand up and use the room and just really have fun with it mm, fun fun is always always the best thing I think yeah. <laughs> and again it really comes across in the show um and and we sort of yeah touched a little bit on on working during the pandemic so along with lagging I mean you also directed I think this might, might have been a bit earlier but one of the um one of the Sparks monologues, yeah, yeah. Uh, which are these lovely little short form pieces that are kind of aimed at young adults. Um, and you worked on the Birth of Venus, I yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah, which is is about a um, a young queer person who's kind of able to to truly be themselves and to express themselves online, where they kind of whereas they feel more restricted in in real life and at school. Um, am I right to say that was that was shot and directed remotely? Uh, yeah, because that was in the first lockdown. So it was, so I guess the pandemic, we were about two weeks into when that first started. And um, Emma Hill, who's a producer, kind of got in touch with me going, I have decided, because we were already supposed to be making the short, but kind of in the the normal way. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> in the vintage way. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole world just kind of flipped upside down and everything changed you know overnight as everyone's very much aware and Emma came to me and was just like you know I have this idea to do it all remotely like you know what's your thoughts and I think I was definitely terrified to begin with because you know shooting completely you know remote I mean it, it, it was to the point where like Matt who played Venus we would send them um like phones to shoot on like costume set so no none of the crew ever met no one ever met Matt face to face either so it was all completely on zoom which was you know such a challenge but it was you know I mean it, it was definitely a journey <laughs> I, I mean and I hope we have created something really special and you know it's, I also the animation in it because uh, th- there were these, so Juno, uh, she wrote these parts where um, kind of the character came off the page into these kind of like more animated worlds that, and anyways, I was like, how the hell are we going to do this? So I taught myself how to animate uh, like 
pixel art and it, it was definitely no yeah so that that was my lockdown just trying to teach myself how to animate yeah pixel drawings and how I was going to create these characters that kind of jumped from live action so it was yeah it was a really interesting project actually that's so cool I didn't know that you animated that as well that's mad oh <laughs> wicked <laughs> I mean in terms of like actually shooting remotely how practically is that set up is it that you're sort of instructing where you want the camera to be and then kind of directing from a laptop yeah yeah exactly so I was on zoom and uh I'd say to Matt you know place you know the phone in front of you and then we had this system going I can't remember what it was on but I could I had feed of what the camera was seeing so I could see on my laptop what the shot was um I can't exactly remember what the program was that we did it and it yeah it was all very technical and and quite advanced for remote shooting uh so yeah yeah it was um yeah it was exactly how you described it just then (laughs) (laughs) amazing and does that does that change your relationship I suppose with with the actors presumably most of the time under more normal circumstances you kind of want them to focus on the acting bit but does that kind of do they then have more input into the the lighting and the framing of things? Is that is it a more open conversation? I think, um, yeah, yes, uh, yes, and no. I I think we wanted to try and have Matt not think about you know anything but the character, but naturally that wasn't going to be possible. I, I guess we just tried to simplify it as much as we can while still creating you know a filmic piece it was a tricky fine line to play and we didn't want to um kind of be too overbearing but I think you know without actually having physical hands there moving the stuff ourselves it yeah it, it, it was definitely a challenge a challenge but also that that I guess collaboration and conversation and the, the, the sort of I'm using all of the C words, but like communication skills that you kind of need to have in order to carry that off. I suppose it's a really interesting experiment as well. And then I think, um, I mean, it seems that, I mean, with directing remotely on that and also, I suppose, working through the pandemic on lagging and and even, I mean, just the, the style of things like Secret Life of Boys, where you've got those interactive elements as well. It feels like across all of these shows, they're all so different and so different to what we might kind of think about as like traditional television if that makes sense like they're all either short form or interactive or online mm-hmm. um I do, is, is there more opportunity as a director to to experiment and to work in in different forms when you're when you're working in children's content do you think I think I think just naturally where the world is going and how kids are interacting with you know film and that medium and tv and you know loads everything's streaming everything's online everything's you know quickly accessed through you know websites and stuff and I think it's just making a more interactive space for kids to enjoy you know enjoy the program and how you know what what else can they uncover about it and like well how can it extend further than what's you know just TXing on you know on screen I mean, we kind of talked a lot about character um, and I suppose both 
lagging and the birth of Venus in some way kind of explore that idea that that the internet or virtual or online worlds give children and young people the the freedom to try on different identities and to work things out sort of in a, in a safe space that's that's maybe not um yeah, the real physical world is is that a theme or that particularly resonates with you or something that you're especially interested in exploring oh yeah I mean 100% it, it's you know especially kind of where I want to push the world and, and like how I want to do better for the world and, and kind of telling those stories that are you know haven't been in the mainstream and having you know and are unique to people and and you know making people feel like they belong and part of a team and a squad and you know you're not the only one and you're not alone in this you know big scary world it's really important to me I think it should be at the core of kind of everything we make in a way that's really lovely yeah and I think that it really does come across especially I mean in the birth of Venus like that I think any sort of young queer person watching that, that's a real gift, you know, that is, as you say, it's, it's a you're not alone thing. And I think it, it, I mean, it resonated for me thinking about how in um, school and stuff like that, where they don't really cover LGBTQ issues in sex education or whatever, the internet is where you end up. And, and you know, sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes that's a bad thing. But I think when you have very tech savvy young people who are putting themselves out there and who are kind of saying I'm, I'm here and I'm here for you is, is a really lovely, lovely thing to, to, yeah. to be part of and to see. Um, we've sort of covered that you, you have a lot of um, short films to your name as, as well as the work that you do in, in children's television. Um, you've sort of touched on this a little bit, but I'd like to hear a bit more about how, um, how important your short film work was in, in setting you up for television? Like what kind of things did you learn from, from making so many shorts? So the most important things, I guess, were thinking about the story as a whole and kind of how that character goes on a journey. I think the journey of the character is really important in terms of like, kind of like the more technical aspects. Um, just listening to your cast and, you know, it, it it's it's a collaboration with the you know your crew members it, it's not it's it's not you doing everything and wanting to control every aspect it's you know taking you know uh the kind of like advice from the other creatives on board and you know listening to the team involved and really taking other people's knowledge and creating something better like you can't do everything and I think that's definitely when I started out young in this career you you go you know you do the producing you do the editing you do the filming you do the directing and you're like you're a one-man band and you think you can do it all but I think as you get as you progress and you get you know more work under your belt you, you you want those other team members on board you want to expand your team because you know you're taking other people's strengths and you're making a stronger story and a stronger film at the end of the day from you know other people's talent and you're coming together and collaborating and yeah it's just I definitely love having um like a team that you know I work with again and again and you know we build and develop our skills together and yeah and want to push um kind of where we want to go together I don't know it's, it's just it's just nice building a family in this kind of environment and working together absolutely and and, and it's really interesting to hear you talk about collaboration in in that way because 
I think, especially, I don't know, like a lot of the short films that I see, you've always got a writer slash director, like one person doing both of those roles. Whereas I feel like on a lot of your projects, you're working with writers, which feels um, unusual, particularly in, in the short film space, maybe. I don't know if that's a kind of um, just a speculation on, on my part, but... Um... No, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, um, I guess, it. yeah, it, it, it's really nice to work with writers that create you know these beautiful stories and you're taking someone else's mind and then putting visuals to that and it's like you know it's such a such a great way to delve in to filmmaking and you know how can you turn these like wonderful words that have been written on a page by someone else into something you know you know into this world that you then have to go create it's such a such a fun challenge to do and I yeah it's yeah, and I, I definitely, like, um, so Bossman, I co-wrote with Nathan, um, who we, and we're creating a TV show based off Bossman at the moment, which is Labour Film. Oh, so. Yes. <laughs> so I was just, like, excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's just in development, so I feel like I shouldn't, like, sing its praises just yet, but hopefully, you know, one day it'll be on your screens. But, so I, I, I work both ways, but it's, um, I love working with all different writers and, you know, making yeah their pages come to life and and what advice do you have I suppose for for finding those people that you really kind of chime with like how do you how can new directors seek out collaborators like that um I guess like find people with similar core values and kind of the stories you want to tell I don't know I think social media is like a great way to network and you know meet creatives alike that you want to work with and you you can tell by someone's page generally kind of like what their beliefs are and where they you know what they want to achieve as well and there's so many great writers out there that would love you know a a director to come and take their piece and and make it you know come to life it's yeah I don't know It's, it's just seeking out kind of figuring out what your core values are and finding someone similar I guess and and sort of I suppose feeling out that process a little bit it takes a little bit of time sometimes maybe to to work out as you say what it is that you're interested in if if that actually does work with with people and yeah oh that's oh cool um and I I suppose I think that having like as you say social media is both a blessing and a curse but I think I agree that as sort of for networking and for just being able to see what other people are up to that sounds really creepy um (laughs) I think what I mean by that is being able to see other people's work in a public forum and kind of go oh I I really like what you're doing and having the kind of um I suppose the the confidence to be able to approach somebody it's a lot less scary if you're just sort of sending them a little tweet that's like I really like what you do maybe we can chat about it and and maybe do something together exactly it sort of levels the playing field yeah exactly or just even meet for a coffee I mean that's what it used to be I guess meet on zoom and have a coffee at home (laughs) and just see if you vibe each other and you know whether it can go somewhere that feels like a really nice point to kind of wrap up on but before we before we do uh let's ask the question that we ask everybody but what was your favorite television program as a kid uh that's a big question <laughs> yeah um uh the the one that springs to mind is round the twist did you see it i didn't know what's round the twist so it was like i feel like it was an australian tv show and they lived in all i remember was they lived in a, a lighthouse and loads of weird stuff happened and it had a really good theme tune <laughs> I mean, those are like the best like components. Like that is just on paper as a kids' TV show. <laughs> it's like 
commission it again we'll have more of that please. yeah <laughs> it was really bizarre and it almost yeah like it was very trippy um, I remember the Queen's nose as well which yes yeah, and yeah kind of all in that realm all just slightly odd and a bit weird oh uh, or the demon headmaster I mean I think they yes. remade that I really wanted to be a part of it but um yes they did didn't yeah. they they feel like I've seen it knocking about yeah That'd be a really cool show to do. Or Goosebumps, something like that. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I was going to ask as well, like, what what is that you'd, you'd love to work on next or what you might be, like, or you'd just love to do more of? Is that just Goosebumps? Yeah, like? exactly. <laughs> I really want to do, um, I really want to direct, like, a YA, you know, kind of, like, sci-fi or, like, witches, demons type-esque show because that was, like, growing up, like, reading books, that was my genre. So I was, you know yeah I definitely want to direct something in that realm that sounds absolutely amazing I would love to watch it um but Teresa it's been really really lovely speaking to you thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us I hope you've enjoyed yeah, it yeah I really have thank you for having me you have been listening to Even Baddies Wear Helmets. The podcast was hosted by me, Billy Collins, produced by Clodagh Chapman with music from Finley Stafford and our lovely logo was designed by Lucy Tiller. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can find us on social media at Even Baddies Pod on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you subscribe, share, tell your mates. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.